welcome to this week's episode of the penny drop my name is clara and together in this room with me i have two very fun bros i have in the room (laughs) yes darren do you wanna hi yes my name is darren and yes i think that's enough (laughs) hi bezel here nice to meet you guys again so, writing on like last week's episode, we while editing, we really felt like a lot more fun. This dynamic is a lot more fun. So, we're going to do a lot more episodes around this kind of format where we discuss topics and then um, have our own stance on some of the hit and misses of like finance tidbits out there, right? So, yeah. So, without further ado, we're going to start with our first segment always is what's the pet peeve that you have of the week that you are really frustrated about? So, any uh, of you? I, I can start first. Okay. I think like AirPods Pro Max. <laughs> it's a very specific pet peeve. Uh, I kind of want to buy it. It's kind of overpriced. I don't want to keep paying Apple for shit I don't need. Mm. Um, But... And I also don't want to be the loser among my friends or people I know who is the first to buy it because I don't know. You know you want yeah. them. <laughs> Do you know anyone <laughs> know that has it already? No, I, I literally don't know. Really? Yeah. I and know they're having a conference soon, right? Has it released yeah, in Singapore? April, May. Maybe you should go April, and May. see. When? But the price won't drop. Really? Yeah. Wait, so is it available in Singapore already? Uh, yeah, yeah, you can buy it. AirPods Pro Max S, Pro S dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Already got you. Um, so yeah, so I mean, why why, why is bad beef is because no one needs such an expensive piece of equipment. Mm. If you do, you probably don't even know what it's worth. You know, if you're the sucker buying it from Apple, you don't even realize how good or how bad it probably is. It might sound good to you, sure. But have you listened to a hundred other headphones for you to be able to tell that it's really worth $800? I don't think so. Um, if you're paying 200 bucks for a pair of headphones, that's fine. But not $800. You're really dumb if you buy it. And I kind of mm. want to be the dumb person buying it. Yeah. It looks a bit regressive though. Like, it's so big and like... I don't know, man. Oh no, I said something. <laughs> <now>. <laughs> no, but it, it looks pretty good. Well, it's quite really? industrial. It's I think clean, it's okay. you know. Yeah. It's, it works with the Apple aesthetics, la, I guess. Yeah, it's clean. Yeah. Yeah. Will you get it? If, Do you want to if I had a lot of money, yeah, why not? But is it worth it? I mean, you could have like a zillion dollars. No, and but you still drop the thing, right? bucks on like, I mean... A lot of things that we buy nowadays is not worth it. Ooh, it, it. I mean that is true. It's it's really all part of like impulse buying culture in in the world right now. I mean, who needs a thousand dollar pair of sneakers? Yep. Right. Mm. Same same school of thought. Do you need a pair of eight hundred dollar here? I think headphones? it's it's just Apple. You know, I seem to be sucked in, or most people seem to be sucked in anything they sell, and you know, you just buy it because it's Apple, and that's mm. totally unfair. No, but, but that's how it works. I I think the um the use case for it is actually pretty good as well. I mean, if I'm using a a a standard or a, a brand besides Apple as a Bluetooth headphones, mm. like the connectivity is really not seamless. Yeah. Like I've I've just uh, talked to you about it about experiencing it in the office, like picking up calls with my AirPods Pro. Like it really helps a lot, and then connecting back to my laptop straight away a MacBook straight away it, yeah, it's fast. it works for me yeah. Yeah. I think you're buying into the ecosystem right so yeah I mean that is the abstract strategy that Apple's also employed yeah even now like they're bringing their own chips and everything yeah mm. yeah okay cool moving on yeah so what about oh 
Okay, should I share mine? Yeah, yeah I, I think I think I'm not sure if mine was. Um, I, I need to phrase this properly. I think mine <laughs> is unused gym membership. I think that's very specific for me. Yeah, so that's like most people who have a gym membership. Yeah, story. which which is why my pet peeve is like if you think about it, usually it's about hundred and sixty. I think. Yeah, plus and minus the, some some and less more or more. Yeah, indie gyms are like two hundred for. Hey, but when you have a gym membership and you don't mm. use it, okay, define unused. Yeah, so um, this is inspired by my elder sister and also they're in the room because they hold multiple gym memberships. I, I don't hold multiple <laughs> gym memberships. <laughs> okay, okay, my sister. Uh, so she holds like uh, fitness first and then she holds uh, Muay Thai Pass. Um, and it's all counterintuitive because like, I don't know if you use it fully. Well, technically you lose weight already if you have a gym membership in your wallet. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, people wait. Q, Q drum <laughs> No, yeah, no, I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna press that. Yeah, but like, if you think about it, especially now during COVID, um, okay, maybe we are recovering a little bit from pandemic, but it's still a hassle to book it. Yeah. So I think there are a lot of gym memberships now that are like, you can't even book it. Okay, right? but let me, but so that is the business model. A subscription mm. model is the business model. They don't make money from you per month they make money from you per year mm. so unused gym membership again like what do you really mean like do you mean someone has not been to the gym for in a year or if you're paying 160 bucks do you mean like once a month i'm not trying to be like detailed i just mean mm. like you in a sense you'll always be unused I, and you'll yeah. always be used at the same time i i, I feel um pet peeve is more of like angle to wasting money like bleeding money yeah so that's where I'm coming from where like you don't fully utilize it. I think going to a gym is definitely everyone's like motivation of the year, but it's mm. just that it's a little bit too expensive for that form of motivation, you know? Okay, like, so how many times a month do I need to go to hundred fifty for a hundred and fifty dollar mm, gym membership to be worthwhile? In your in your view? I think at least like three two times a week. Wow. Times oh, a week. I'm I, dead. I, was, I was thinking like <laughs> Yeah, about 10 times a month at least. Uh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how much? That's twice a week. Oh, th- th- twice a week. That's pretty healthy. Yeah. No, man, no one does no, but, that. But actually, Clara, okay, I, was, I was in that situation during COVID, right? I yeah. did have a gym membership. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I really hated booking classes because I wanted to be flexible in that, mm-hmm. in that sense that I could go at any time I want, right? Whenever I find a pocket of like one hour a day, I just like pop in and then come out. But it made it really difficult to book. So mm-hmm. I... I actually like forfeited that gym membership and then went on with a gym that didn't require me to book mm. uh, classes i mean slots, slots. yeah open but, but no so is there any ones that yeah are so i'm actually with like anytime fitness which really allows you to just pop in whenever you want oh, okay yeah. even now because yeah, of yeah. the which, the quantity of people Correct. i mean they, they do limit the number of people at any but, one time yeah. yeah but basically it the gym is i think big enough to accommodate everyone at the peak period at least right mm. so uh, i was with uh virgin before that and i was paying like insane amounts and expensive, yeah man. i was not allowed to you know go in any time i want a lot of facilities were mm. closed so i was just like uh I, I didn't i didn't go to the gym for a bit lah. yeah yeah so. i had a fi- i have a fitness first membership um and now you have to book every time you go lah, essentially yeah. i have active sg hey. Is that, do you have to book it? How's yeah, it that's why. Yeah. So I think for me, at least it's troublesome, but it's also manageable because each entry is $2.50. Yeah. So, and then if you're on like uh, peak passes, that's like $90. Yeah. 
after it's for like, three months. Oh, okay. for three months. I thought I months. Not months. That's okay, man. That's pretty good. Yeah. Anytime fitness. Yeah, anytime is eighty something. Right? Yeah, yeah. But you sign like eighteen months, lah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How much is it? Like I'm paying like eighty five. Pretty good, man. But I think it it differs from like um location to location. Although you can jump, which is quite weird. So if you have multiple locations, is it more? As in, you don't have to buy multiple locations, but basically, if you sign up at, let's say, for me, I sign up at Valley Point, right? Mm. My home gym is Valley Point, but after the first month, I could go to any location. Mm. But there, wherever you sign, the, the price might be a bit different. Got it. Wow. Yeah, yeah it's quite weird. That's a good tip. That's really detailed. Yeah. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> no, not you, but like yeah. the way they price it is really detailed. Yeah. yeah. But I still want to like give a shout out to the old the gym downstairs from our <laughs> office because they run as a showroom. Yeah, and they double. No, as that's a, true. It's like the best showroom. Yeah, because yeah. they make the equipment. What was the name of the gym? Uh light lightweight. Light, I think lightweight, lightweight gym. Lightweight gym. So I think they are like literally they supply gyms with the equipment. So as a showroom, they make that showroom a gym. Wow. Yeah, that's why they they stuff so much well. stuff in there. Yeah. But their real business is selling the or uh, renting the yeah. equipment. So empty. I don't know. It's How much is it? One eight seven. What? Yeah. It's but cheap, I was man. quite tempted. No, it's not cheap. One eight seven a month is cheap. No, it's, cheap. Not, it's not cheap. Yeah. It's, it's not cheap. cheap. Yeah. Do yeah, they have like cheap. facilities? Yeah, and, they like, have so showers. I'm not sure about showers, but they have like a lot of equipment. Yeah, no, they <laughs> a ton. Like so no, much. But, but I guess like it's empty, so it, it's good lah. Yeah. I do see people in there anyway. Mm. Too. Okay, Bello, what happened? So I, my my pet peeve today would be something I experienced over the week. You know, when I was uh just walking around in town, yep. doing doing my rounds. Uh, I saw like teens. I would say like fifteen and eighteen years old, but they're all decked out in like branded gear or like streetwear, which is like. Ooh. Insanely expensive. Maybe it's nowadays. fake. It's on top of. I mean, yeah. Okay, but. <laughs> If so, if if they're wearing like, like, off white Jordans, and these these are going for like two grand a pop, right? Yeah. Like, how are they affording it, and why are they even buying such stuff? Like, do I, you I, like? I, do you I, get physically like angry? No, do you I, get emotional? I just, I just can't. <laughs> okay, maybe I'm a bit salty here, but, <laughs> but I really cannot wrap my head around it. You know, it, it's not something mm. that I would spend on at age if I had the money as well. Okay, but, 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 you know, younger people, when, okay, and, and anytime anyone says younger people means you're old, but like, every, all of us here have done something like that at one point in time in our lives, right? The last time you talked about like drinks and spending, uh, throwing, throwing money on alcohol. Yeah. I have done that. We've all done that before. This is just one day in the one section of time in their life. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I think we were all stupid once. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but maybe for them, they might be doing like resale. There's a lot of couple. No, but then you won't wear it. But yeah, that's the thing. You you won't like <laughs> oh, yeah, wear it out on the streets, not. right? Yeah. So is it just for show and then? Okay, the question is this. I think like, is this any different from what it was for other generations before? You know what I mean? Uh, I think, like during my time at least when I was that age, that mm. was like, ten years ago. Shit. Uh, yeah, ten years ago, I don't think we were that into that expensive streetwear because mm. this culture yeah. kind of okay. like mm. got into the mainstream 
yeah, it, it got yeah. mainstream only recently in the last maybe four or five years. I think you're right. I think that's totally fair. Like, it, it used to be luxury goods costing that much. Yeah. Mm. And then, you know, exactly. older people affording it because it's in, like, a Chanel yeah, store. Like, and, and if you think about it, like, Chanel bags and watches and all those luxury goods, the occasion that you get to use it is literally right. so rare. But streetwear is, like, street every single day you can wear it. But yeah. this is the problem. I get, sorry, I get your point, like, uh, Bezel. Because... Uh, high fat luxury fashion brands are trying to bring themselves down to they have been doing this trying yeah. to bring themselves down to earth in the last 5-10 years whatever uh, so that that's why in a sense younger people even more so now than before are doing that yeah and I think when I was at that age the, the biggest flex was probably having a nice wallet no I'm not joking and buying a wallet of like maybe, a leather wallet yeah like <laughs> Like, were, like a hundred dollars. Yeah, or, or let's say a Prada wallet, you know, or yeah. Bottega wallet at that point in time was yeah, like 500, yeah. 600 bucks. You know, and that was the biggest flex. But right now you see people walking down the street flex. with like $800 Balenciaga tees, like $2,000 off-white sneakers or something like that. You know, it it, it, it just doesn't make sense to yeah. me somehow. Okay, but, see, so, but you like brands. I like brands. I think we all like brands yeah. at this table. Where's the line? I mean, wh- how much will you pay? Or, for? Or, or what will you tell younger people? Like, if you want to rock up to these guys, they say, hey, you also wearing this stuff, what? Or if they say that to you, what would you say? I would honestly tell them that, you know, money is not easy to earn. <laughs> <laughs> but I also feel <laughs> that, um, yeah. like, I would say the access for money is a lot easier than the previous generation. Yeah, true. As in the, the dollar value of what it was yeah. 10 years ago is now. And the access yeah. to buy, I mean, yeah. right? And even like, Parents' money, if you think about it, like our parents' money versus their parents' money would definitely be a different like um tier. That's right. what I realize. Each generation just gets a little bit more affluent, uh, I think. No matter. I I think we're all just getting screwed somehow, not No, hundred percent. Therapy, therapy, <laughs> therapy sessions. Yeah, but it doesn't end. I think people mm. spend money on dumb things at all ages. Yeah. Let's put that out. Yeah, really but clear. but I think it's a trade off, right? Now that they are so down to earth, that means also a lot of their things can be replicated. Their yeah. vibe can be replicated a lot easier. Yeah. So far, you know, people have access to making luxury or streetwear. But will this change? What do you think? You know, mm. I I I I personally think it will. I think we are going to move towards a post-capitalist society I know it's easy to say that but yeah. like more and more things are free more and more things are discounted if you really think about it more and more things are the value more and more value is placed on things that don't cost any money right mm. and people are getting smarter better etc and more conscious so I think we will move towards materialism for sure it's just a matter of time how long it takes I don't know but yeah. like yeah I mean like in 10 years time when you know hopefully when I have a family of my own, I, I wouldn't honestly know what my kid will be spending on it for then. Mm. Yeah. Like, we are completely different N- NFTs. Thing, yeah. Maybe. Like, at six know. years old, I don't know, hey, dad, I don't can know. I buy Ro- an Roblox. NFT? Roblox and <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Minecraft so, <laughs> currency. Yeah. That's already happening, right? Skins. Yeah. Yeah. Skins. Pretty interesting. NFTs, no, I think NFTs. Yeah. Like, rent. Because NFTs are literally packed to, like, all the virtual skins and stuff and everything you can mm. pack anything to, right, essentially. I know Fortnite literally, like, plays a huge role in a lot of, yeah. like, virtual concerts. Yeah. Virtual, like, exclusive things. And it's a kid's gateway to a lot of these things. Yeah. Right, like, from a really young age. Maybe that's what they're gonna spend on. But it could be good also, because, like, these kids would be... 
like financially tuned in the sense that yeah. they, they know how to make money somehow or another by doing like yeah. trading on these platforms yeah. or games whatsoever right yeah. it's pretty cool I think we did that fair share also like, like Maple, Maple Story. Story yay I was about <laughs> yeah, to say but, but there was a lot of like fake currency or, yeah but but yeah. um, my friend sold her, his account for like the $300 Cool. Wow. Yeah, but that's, lot, that's a lot of grinding so. uh. yes, yeah. <laughs> so, Mr. Yandao please stand up if you're hearing <laughs> I just want to find out who he is okay awesome I think we can move on to uh, a couple this of week. things we want to talk yeah. about this week um, maybe we start with um, so uh, for those who don't know uh, Bezel here with us is quite into crypto um, and quite deeply involved in crypto <laughs> Um, and yeah, I thought, you know, we, the last time we were all uh, he, uh, here talking as well, uh, we didn't really get a chance to deep, deep dive a little bit too much. Mm. Um, but yeah, Bezel, I think, let's tell us what you think about crypto and what your points of view are on it and, you know, how people should see it. Not that, you know, you're imposing your view on them, but what you think it's going to be. Right. So I'll just put a disclaimer out there, right? I'm not like super well versed <laughs> in it. Yeah, I do have some money in it. Uh, but you've made some money on it. Uh, yeah. I think you've profited I mean, recently. So that means you are decently educated about it. That's all. And yeah. also, this is not like financial advice. Yes. <laughs> so don't don't. This take is my never financial advice. So financial therapy. Basically, um, there are a couple of terms that you probably need to like understand first. So there's fiat currency, which is basically your US dollar, your Sing dollar. Right. Mm. Um and then there's also um Bitcoin and then there's alternate coins. Right. So Bitcoin is basically the leader or the king of the cryptocurrency market if you look at it that way. Um it has the biggest market cap and it's trading around fifty five thousand to sixty thousand US dollars now for a coin, right? And then you have alternate coins which the biggest alternate coin is Ethereum. And uh, followed by a couple others like XRP, uh, Link, Dot, and stuff like that. So basically, how the cryptocurrency ma- uh, cu- currency market works is everything is packed to Bitcoin and also the fiat currency. Um, I don't want to dive too deep into it, but basically how the market trades is how um, Bitcoin reacts to um, price changes or price analytics by traders themselves yeah um how i would say bitcoin or the cryptocurrency market has evolved over the years like it started out in the early the mid 2000s and to current to current times is that adoption rates have really gone up um a lot of financial institutions are looking into bitcoin or cryptocurrencies as a alternative um, investment or hedge to um, your traditional gold and uh, equities and commodities markets. So yeah, um, it, it's, it's just that um, adoption rates have gone up. That's why prices have gone up and people are looking and understanding that, oh, it's not so much of a scam anymore, right? So how does... So what's the di- so, so difference between Bitcoin and altcoins? Um, is there... So they all run a different technologies, uh, structures, stacks, right? But is there really a difference between Bitcoin and other altcoins? Um, yeah, so... Fundamentally. Fundamentally, they all, they're all a part of a cryptocurrency market, of course. But they do have different use cases. I mean, it could be from 
just storing information on a blockchain or trans or a transfer of value from one place to another within seconds. So in in that case there are there is no end to a use for a blockchain, right? And that's what the yeah. cryptocurrencies are on. Mm. So I mean recent times you have um you see like DeFi coins or like decentralized finance coins picking up because that that's where the market is hot now in that sense, right? But every it's kind of like a trend, I would say, in in terms of like comparing to fashion, it just moves along the pipeline. Which, um, which industry is looking good now? Coins will just pump and along the way, lah. So, if you look at Bitcoin, I would think of it more of like a storage of value rather than an investment right now. Yeah, because it, it's always, I mean, you you won't see it multiply from like. Like fifty five thousand dollars to one hundred ten thousand dollars in the the in, like tomorrow within because it it's so big right now that there are a lot of um, mature financial institutions that are looking to it so you won't see it just like double your investment overnight right but for all coins you might have the chance to I mean yeah are we running off like bitcoins. Because there is a infinite, no, there's technically that, there's a, finite, a finite, yeah, yeah there's a finite amount of I think like twenty one million bitcoins to to mine, yeah. I think uh, how, how, we, how we, far we, even now we? Then that's if I buy more. I don't have an uh, exact number, but but I, it won't finish mining in our lifetime, mm. because it gets harder to mine over. Okay, but will it uh, be finish in like five hundred years? Yes, I'm guessing. I'm gonna venture a guess. I'm I'm not sure to be honest. Yeah, it mm. just depends on like how hard the code gets, and I can't explain that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have that technology. How the mind? Yeah, it. yeah. So it it was pretty cool because if you think about it, it for fiat currency like the U.S. dollar, um, it could always be printed, right? And the U.S. debt has has seen an increase, like a a tremendous increase in debt in. For the for the US balance sheets, but Bitcoin as a finite supply, I can't print more Bitcoin, mm. and that that's how Bitcoin to investors or to hedges are, um, fighting against the inflation that they're facing right now. Yeah, so there's so many camps to this. Uh, well, not so many, but there's like a couple of camps to it. So I'm I'm generally generally uh in that same camp too, because governments can just print money anytime. Yeah, they can create inflation anytime. A lot of the money monetary systems that I'm obviously not qualified to talk about. Uh, if you like to think about it, just kind of you know manipulated by countries, companies, etc. I mean, it's just that's yeah. what it is, and there's no problem with that. That's cool. Um, so people fall under the the camp of hey man, that's nonsense. So I'm gonna put my money into crypto because there's X amount of uh, bitcoins you can mine, which is why I asked you that earlier. Yeah. Um, or they also say, you know, uh, fiat currency is actually really great because it actually helps people get out of poverty at some level. Again, that is absolutely, probably mostly bullshit, but at some level, you are staving people and systems away from economic collapse. Because mm. that's, that's why the government's print money, right? To yeah. save institutions, save debts, and make sure people, you know, aren't held accountable for the debts, then all companies need to shut down, etc., etc., etc. So, I don't know. Um, like, to put it in layman terms, I think what we are getting at here is basically one dollar twenty years ago could have bought you a meal for a family, maybe. I don't know. But one dollar can honestly buy you nothing now in Singapore or 
close to nothing, right? Infl- yeah, inflation. Yeah. But I think for me, there's definitely like a lot of conversations about access, right? Like, I think it's still a very high barrier of entry, even for, let's say, your, our peers. Um, they were asked like, hey, how do we even get into crypto? I think these are a lot of things that um, does play a part in the prices of cryptocurrency. Yeah, I remember Darren mentioning that he actually purchased like one whole Bitcoin. A long time ago. Yeah, yeah. a long time ago, right? I mean, during that time, access was, I would say, a lot harder because no one's heard of it. There's no Mm. adoption. There's no news covering Bitcoin, Bitcoin. right? No market. There's no tickers for it, whatever. Yeah, exactly. So I think now it's a lot easier in terms of adoption rates. But yeah, there's still a a learning curve Mm. to go through before you actually are able to invest or put some money in there. Yeah. This is something I was thinking about as well, you know, in, in, in preparing for like today's conversation. Like actually I feel that the what I like to call the stupidification of investing has been a long time coming and here it is. Mm. Essentially. So like let's think like so you use companies you used to list, you had to buy their stock, you had to figure out how much of stock you want to buy here, and then you get manipulated in the background by hedge funds and like governments and banks and stuff because they are also trying to figure out how to manipulate the price at some level, mm-hmm. right? Um, but then they created ETFs. Well, not created. They started doing... Sorry, before ETFs, they did mutual funds. So instead of buying, picking stocks, you buy in a mutual fund. Mutual fund kind of figures out all the mix for you mm-hmm. and charges you money for it. Then they did ETFs. Again, I'm super generalizing sure. here, but they're making it simpler and simpler. So ETF says, hey, I'm just going to do the tracking of like, you know, top 500 Asian equities or whatever and companies and governments, however they want to package it, I'm just going to track it, you will outperform the market. And it's generally true, right? Generally mm. true. And then now you have all the way down to like really almost cost-free trading on like, you know, uh, Robinhood, TigerTrade, stuff like that. Uh, and yeah. even down to crypto now, you can, you have 20 cents, you can chuck in the crypto market, whatever. Yeah. I think it's just beca- going to become simpler, simpler, simpler. The, the mm. question is, where does it end, you know? And will people actually get burned for this stuff? And those are big questions that are very hard to answer, obviously. Yeah, I think like the government authorities would are really taking a huge look into this because... I mean, the, the amount of investors or retail investors that are really coming into the game right now, it's, it's quite intense. Like. You see yeah. a lot of friends just asking, you, hey, what, what is this Bitcoin or cryptocurrency about? And then, you know, when, when it gets to this level, that's when in a, in a couple of months or years time, you'll see a lot of people getting burned on it. I mean, recently on the news in Singapore, I mean, there's a couple of scams out there yeah. already. And, cool. you know, it, it's sad to see, la, but it, it, it happens when when it becomes that adopted or when people start looking into it and there's a craze, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But do you think the fact that crypto isn't very regulated is the reason why people are attracted to it? Because for me personally, I feel that there isn't a universal code of conduct for especially like taxing gains on investing. So like, because we're on TikTok all the time, right? Not that I take any financial advice from TikTok. But it is really insane to see how maybe in the US market, like, gains are being taxed. So they will always find other ways hmm. to um, invest. Whereas yeah. here in Singapore, I don't think... Uh, Singapore has had obviously a very liberal yeah. tax system. Yeah, but I think, like, you know, um, because it's such a lucrative market, Mm. Per se, like people can earn literally millions of dollars. Yeah, and uh, it's twenty x, ten x, whatever. Yeah, in in putting literally like maybe a thousand bucks in, 
I mean, really, yeah. really, this is these are rare cases, but it it does happen. Right? So so don't go and chuck it down or <laughs> hope that happens, right? <laughs> but like because it's so lucrative, there's a lot of ways or means that the the government would want to control this, mm. you know, and also mm. be able to tax them on it and right? protect I'm, people. Yeah, as well. I'm pretty sure it it would it would come sooner or later. Yeah. Yeah. it's just a matter of how and when they how they want to do it basically because it's, it's really not easy to implement like I could just send my my entire portfolio from my this account to account in in let's say somewhere that doesn't get taxed basically and then cash out from there yeah so it's yeah. just it, a line, it's really not a line of like yeah. random like, crypto and, and, and sometimes these coins are like privacy coins you can't even check their source yeah. right and that, that that honestly would be another big market in time to come so do you believe in Bitcoin, specifically Bitcoin, not just cryptocurrencies? Uh, Bitcoin being a, a, a mainstay of current cu- main currency uh, for people in future. Uh, I would in future meaning okay, that's the quantified like twenty in for the next twenty years. Okay, I wouldn't say like Bitcoin be used to to transact at your local, let's say like mm. um coffee shop or stuff like that. I would still think the fiat currency will still be there. Um, but alternate coins that could be used as a cheaper, faster way to transact would, would be a possibility. Yeah, because Bitcoin, when you transfer from one wallet to another, it takes time. Mm. It takes. Uh, it's got check the transaction fee. Yeah, yeah, you need the transaction fees are pretty high right now, at least, and also there's a lot of um, cost involved in like gas and stuff like that mm. for Ethereum and stuff. Yeah, so so there are some coins that that could work for micro purchases and then Bitcoin could be used for like I don't know buying a house which is already pretty widely accepted in other countries yeah yeah. and do you think Bitcoin will be like con- will continue to be like the gold standard um, of uh, of crypto gold standard meaning they pack the value against everything else right like the USD of the stock market and the gold uh, standard of like you know, 1950s or 40s yeah so um I think Bitcoin will continue to be because it looks like it, right? Yeah, it, really it, it will continue to be king because ultimately it's the most like iconic coin, right? <laughs> like most iconic. Yeah, you know, <laughs> like, like honestly, if if but that's no, why, but that's why I struggle with like there is no real fundamental yeah. is- reason why it is. It Correct. just is because it was the first one, yeah. right? So yeah. ultimately, if I go up to someone and say, hey, do you know about cryptocurrency? People will probably tell me, uh, maybe not, right? Yeah. But have you heard of Bitcoin? Uh? Like, yeah, I've yeah. heard of Bitcoin, but yeah. I don't know what mm. it is, right? So so that's like just it being iconic in that sense. So yeah. I, I, other coins, yeah, maybe like Ethereum would be another coin to be traded up against. Actually, some exchanges already do that, but I, th- I think Bitcoin is probably like, it still and always will be the king. Uh. Yeah. Mm. But, that's a nice um, gateway of some topics that I do want to probe a little bit further because I think uh, just now when we were talking about regulations, I heard the just introduced to Darren yesterday that there are changes to how people can IPO now. Maybe you want to elaborate a little bit more on that, Darren. Like the specs and yeah, stuff. Yeah, correct, the specs. That yeah, really I don't really know enough about the specs, but uh, specs are basically uh, uh, alternative uh, investment vehicles. So instead of me as a company going to list my company as Darren's company on the stock exchange and you can buy stock directly from me, which I issue, mm-hmm. um, a SPEC is a, a investment vehicle that 
gives my company money, but it's the it is the vehicle that's being listed. Yeah, so like the spec. ABC is the one being listed and then they take all the money and then they can fund it into various companies, not even just mine. Uh-huh. So it's basically an investment vehicle that mm. um, acts as a, a bucket or conduit for more money and then they can fund it without having to declare what it is. Funding. Yeah, or rather the companies that receive their funding don't have to declare what's being used for essentially. Right. Yeah. That's it. Oh. But that really does spiral to... The ethics question. Of no, but they're, they're, look, um, housing crisis, etc. It's all the same. Yeah. The people just put layers. They chop it up. They reprocess it. They repackage it. Yeah. They reassess the risk. They reprice it. It's the same thing. And then ultimately, people don't know what they're investing in. So I think that's like the danger. It's true. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, cool. I think we that's we. I think we can move on. Like, what else you wanted to talk about? Clara? There was a couple of. Uh, uh, things that I wanted to talk about because I think last week we did write off like crypto NFTs a little bit. Mm. Um, so I was quite keen to research deeper on the whole like idea of art investment. Honestly, because to me right now, the whole NFT situation is exactly whatever that happened to the yellow banana. And it's something that... That's a yellow banana. Um, uh, the work by Maurizio Calatan when he stuck a duct tape on the on a, on a wall oh. and then it sold for hundred uh, 150k. What? Yeah. But is he a known artist? Or he is. Maurizio Calatan. Yeah. Like he's one of the blue chip, la, right? Uh, Jeff Koons. Yeah. So you're uh, saying he kind of like unintentionally or intentionally abused the system. Yeah. Or rather, the sy- this is the product of the system. I guess his practice has always been like that. Like he's the one who... Because he's very frustrated with the whole like Venice Binali uh, pavilions and then you go to an artist village and stuff mm. like that. So one of his artwork was literally him getting a bunch of artists and then like throwing a house party and call it like a Venice Binali. So that was one. <laughs> <laughs> then the other one was also he rented a studio and then put a sign that says uh, artist not in... Mm. Like not in inside the studio in the and studio. call it the artwork. Yeah. So his practice has always been like that, right? Like Which is very Andy Warhol, right? It's a very like fuck you to the people, but then uh hey jokes on you because they are buying the Yeah. Well again it was Andy totally Andy Warhol. Yeah. So when he did that, I really thought that was how NFT happened. So I think that's what people are trying to do. Then a lot of my friends now gets on like Clubhouse to want to. A lot do. of your friends get on Clubhouse. Yeah, it, literally. <laughs> Send it's, me an invite. <laughs> yeah. No, it, but the invites are all over. It's so places, crazy. Like, yeah. like it's literally link, LinkedIn and um, house. Uh, you know, there's an app called House Party. Yeah. Yeah, like had a baby. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's total bullshit. The Clubhouse thing. I mean, I I downloaded it and I. I yeah, I I feel like it wasn't what it promised for it to be. Yeah. Like uh, for it to be um, anti ads, anti like commercialism, but no man, everybody's on there to talk about like, the millennial hassle. Yeah, total BS. Yeah, it's literally LinkedIn in a, in a, in a nutshell. But yeah, so I heard a lot of conversations about people rushing in to get it, like, um, and it was really just uh why I wanted to like do more research on it, and then um I really try to lay it out in a way that um. Into this fundamental fundamental question is should people invest in art, right? Like not just NFT, like in general. So what are your hot takes on it? Maybe you can do a little bit of that, like back and forth to it. I think yes, for sure. I think art will accrue in value over time. 
generally speaking. Yeah, I, but I have no money and I no stick in art, so <laughs> who am I to say anything? I think like art is really what how how the viewer perceives it, right? It like yeah. exactly like what I mentioned like last week, you know. Yeah. So it's like a good soundbite, but so what happened is when I researched on it, the very reason why those art that okay um that does have uh, value that people should invest in. So literally a quote says we're not talking about we are they are only talking about one thing is the resale value. So it doesn't matter whether it's it like yeah. good or not. Right. So then fundamentally those like ideals clashes, right? So are you investing in art because you believe in it and you like it, or is it you're buying it for the resale value? But so when you ask like, is it worth investing in? Should we invest in art? Mm. Who are you asking? Like yeah. the common person like us here, or you know, a high minded uh patron of the art. Mm. So I think weaving into this podcast definitely is looking at investment in art as a form of financial um, freedom and financial like uh, instrument. So for the everyday person, I think that would be quite good to structure like our discussions today. Because I feel that you're right. Like the whole bigger scheme of one person using it as patron of the arts. I did a little bit of digging as well, as, and then we know Essential and like JTC. They all do it. Um, but I think that's a little bit like far off um, our like conversations right now because those people are really like doing the whole like big uh, transactions and like patrons and minimally like they so are they're like the hedge funds exactly yeah. it's one million dollars in uh, patron of the arts in order for you to qualify under NAC annual report what wow. yeah but but here's the thing right like how how do you put a price on it. Yeah, evaluation. Like, I I mean, okay, if if you're a well known artist, you 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 might have a price range that people are used to paying yeah. for, right? But if you're a new artist starting out, and you know it really looks good to a commoner person's eyes, like someone who's really <laughs> not mm. like super. He, he, he can't yeah he can't appreciate art the way like higher people can. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So how how do you do that? And how do you know what is a good investment, right? So that was one of uh the train of thought. So I went to a sample like Damon Hirsch, how he even got famous. Just so, tell us who's Damon Hirsch. Uh, Damon Hirsch is a artist that I think the more well known pieces is like the, uh, shark in, uh, from Murder High. Have like, you seen the tank? The like, big tank of big shark. Tank of a shark in a big tank, of blue liquid. You've seen Literally. it, I'm sure you've seen it. Oh, the, the one where, right where they have sliced the cow yeah. into multiple slides. Yeah. And, and the other, Hurst, correct. Say, and say. the other one is uh, where he put a rotten piece of meat and in a chamber that has electricity. So the fly literally gets zapped. I think his art is pretty nice. I yeah. mean and but it's it was it's designed to be consumed, is mm. my issue with it. So, oh, that's cool. Yeah, so I think how he got value was really... He, I felt like his breakthrough was when Stachi and Stachi saw his work and then um, collected it uh, and then it got famous. I think really people are buying behind the hype. Rather. But isn't that how the market works too? Yeah. Like, you know, um, the history and the narrative and the story and mm. the which is basically a financial report if you think about it. Yeah is what really drives the price and less so the results or the product itself. Mm. I mean, right? It's the same at some so level, obviously. Even if you look at like the past like super old renaissance, do you think that framework is the same as well? Yeah, 100%. Really? Mm. 
But don't they take like actual... Um, but then again, okay, yeah, fair enough. Like, I think if let's say we put um, uh, Van Gogh aside because he really died, like, but those are the money. same because they're also stories and not stories, but yeah. you know, there's history that drives the price up mm-hmm. and popularity that drives the price up. So, then back to the question is right now, then how do you anticipate? what to buy and yeah, exactly. what to Wait, but, so have you found any ways that a, a common person can invest in art yeah so the common way that people do is definitely like um, if you have a little bit of money you go into subscription plans of like different galleries how does it work so um, I sampled this uh, literally like website called House of the Art and what you do is you literally subscribe to it and then each time they have a show they will tell you they show you the um the the list of uh, view they send you the viewing room and then you see the artworks there. Oh, that's it. So I just basically get an invite to for art it. show. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you need to like bid for it. So it's similar to like raffling if you think about it, like raffle raffle for your sneakers. So in order to be that raffle before even having that raffle, you need to get a subscription plan to that gallery. How much and money it, do you need? Yeah, exactly. Mm, if you're talking about blue chip okay so they have like this term like blue chip everywhere right in finance even in art like blue chip um, in order for do that I think minimally is at least like so yesterday we were just looking at the ticker like there are artworks that is 5,000 times its original <laughs> price kind of like level more power than good time yeah, yeah so like People are like low-key sleeping on art but also I think it's even more volatile than like cryptocurrencies yeah, no, of course. Yeah. But so if I give you a thousand bucks now and I ask you to make money from art, what would you do? Uh, if I have a thousand dollars now... Or ten thousand dollars, yeah. Ten thousand dollars. Someone says, yeah, make me some money from art. Hmm. Wow. I need to think about that. But I think I'll probably like organize Flash Mob. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Like I feel that now... Uh, it depends on what what's the objective of that $10,000. Do you want it for really like betterment of no, I just want oh, to make some profit, money? yeah, drive yeah, profit off it. Definitely awareness and like hype and that's the way to go. Wh- who should I buy? Mm, I want to say like uh Singaporean artist, but like it's so hard, right? Like, no, but no. But you know, some, 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 yeah. some, some, some. Some? But wow, that's a very difficult question to ask. <laughs> who will you buy? Oh, <laughs> I have no idea. Like I'm really not in tune with the <laughs> Ten thousand dollars, though. Okay, but I mean, what else did you find in your in, when researching this topic? Mm, I also found out how like, uh, a lot of it comes with like a lot of commissions as well. Mm-hmm. So, I think it's really insane. The numbers that I see is like super sky high. That I cannot even think about. Like, how do I even? How does one even enter those like areas? What do you mean? Like, what are the numbers? The numbers are like at least 100k and above. To start? Yeah, to start. Crap. But it's, so isn't this an opportunity for us to create an ETF for art that people can buy into at 10 mm. bucks a pop? So now, like, literally there's an Excel sheet of e- uh, uh, e- uh, not ETF, N- NFTs. Mm. So, like, NFTs, they are, like, super... um huge spectrums from like open sea to with foundation so then again where the difference lies in terms of value is your invites and exclusivity mm-hmm. 
So that it's was almost like, like pre-market. Yeah. Oh, so not anyone can sign up for these platforms. Yeah, anyone can make an NFT. Like no, as in like to be part of like the open sea. Uh, anyone can sign up for open sea, but like those that are by invite only, where the price really like, uh, you see at least hundred k transactions per Ethereum. Right. Okay. Those are like by invite only. And and here's another thing, right? Another thought that, you know, NFTs are based on the traded cryptocurrency amount, right? Mm. So if let's say Ethereum is like two thousand US dollars, then if it becomes like fifty US dollars tomorrow or like ten thousand yeah. US dollars tomorrow, then what what happens then? Mm. Does that mean your art prices get increased or inflated mm. because of that? Or yeah. are you yeah. Then, then in that case, wouldn't I rather just invest in the coin itself? Yeah, like, <laughs> right. Hundred percent. Mm. That's totally fair. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, but that's uh, that's so specific to using a coin because a coin has the potential to like you know yeah. exponentially increase. Whereas a fiat currency probably would not. I mean, but it will work the same way. Yeah. Theoretically. Mm. I think like if let's say to answer your question, I feel that. At the end of the day, people still want to low-key feel good. La. Like, they own that particular artwork. It's something that Ethereum cannot exchange. Like, imagine if you really just got, like, the $1 series of Vipo. I think he sold it for $1 Ethereum coins, but people resell it for $200,000. And he did it because he can. I think that's, like, that whole spirit of open source and everything. Like, a bit wanky, but, you know, people get into it. Because at the end of the day, I feel, like, if you tag money to it, it's really... The hype la, like what Darren said, right? But it's quite cool because like, honestly, if you're buying an electronic piece of art or even a physical piece of art, is, and, and you have to have somewhere to store it, and honestly, there's no way that you can actually like bring it around town and mm. flex. Yeah. Right? Mm. Yep. It's it's quite funny because like, the culture that we are seeing nowadays is that a lot of people are spending money on clothes, fashion, to you know look good and also show that you know they could afford it but then on another end of the spectrum you see people spending on like art nfts where i have no place to display it but then the the reverse is also that you can display a screenshot of this piece of art right you basically bullshit but but (laughs) where right on your phone Uh, yeah Yeah, literally on your phone but no one's gonna but but if you had the original piece of art as well yeah my point is people could pirate it so easily so why bother even in the first place but I think people it's the same argument that they always put now like the Mona Lisa right like you can always just screenshot the Mona Lisa or have literally the screenshot looks better than original And if you think about it, like Instagram too, right? Everyone's trying to catch the same shots. Yeah. I've given up. Th- I've never really taken photos on holidays, but yeah. even if you do, you probably produce the same shot that some other <laughs> idiot did. Like you know, if you just in a, a you search for it. Hmm. So do you think that? Ah, oh, but this is a undying question that I have internally also when I was like researching. It's really back to. As an everyday person, how would you... For me, if let's say you bring back to the question of 10k what I will do now, mm-hmm. I'll really do the former where I will... For the betterment, la, like really incubate someone's... Yeah. Like, so pay for artists to believe in, essentially. Yeah, because for me as an everyday person, the resale value is totally out of the question for now, for sure. Because 10k is not even within the vocabulary of this like site that uh, people chart the... Uh, investments on I think like Masterworks there's quite a lot also like Christie's everything mm. tech to every um, gallery but 10k is like literally 10 cents you know 
if you think about it. That's part of the game, man. That's yeah. why it starts from 100k and it goes to millions rather yeah. than $1,000 and goes to 100k. Yeah, but then you see like how 10k to an independent artist is really quite it's a lot. Money, it's yeah. a huge money and it's a lot of like great work to be done. Yeah, so I think that's my strategy. If let's say I were to take investment in art at, to the everyday person. No, do it, man. Micro investments for artists. That's it. Yeah. That's your next business idea. <laughs> Pack to NFT yeah. something. Isolate it from the grants that we are supposed to get. Yeah, I think exactly. that would be a great place to be because I think Singapore does have a lot of like billionaires. Isolate. Okay, we're gonna, we're gonna like take this as a initial <laughs> <laughs> trademarking. <laughs> but I think it'll be fun. It'll I think fun. so too. Yeah. Today. Okay, I think that's uh, all the time we have today. Um, we'll catch everyone else on the next. Oh, wait, a- any closing final words? Um, any thoughts from today's I think like the moment we start this podcast is definitely like not to be fluffy yes we are totally fluffy but really do from the bottom of my heart want it to be like a little bit more like wholesome for people to hear so definitely if you have any like feedback to let us know what you want to talk about we will definitely like give you a shout out if you want over time Bezo thanks for listening to us guys <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for uh, the yeah. TED Talks. In closing, buy Bitcoin. Eh. Fiat currency sucks. Eh. <laughs> yeah, I really don't know. Bye it off. might be bad. Yeah, buy off. Alright, thanks everyone. Thank you. Thanks. Bye guys. Bye.